Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Welcome to Gateway Online today. It's uh, good to be able to come together and to worship together because the God that we worship is good. And I pray today that you might have a fresh revelation of the goodness of God. Hey, would you pray with me right now? Father God, as we open your word today, would you reveal to us again your faithfulness and your goodness in this season that we're walking through? Help us to respond to you in obedience and in faith that we might see good fruit come in our lives through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the good fruit that our good God wants to produce in our lives. You know, fruit is a miracle from God. You know, in season, you know, a fruit tree will grow a flower and a bee will pollinate that flower and the flower will then release an egg and the egg will become a seed and the tree will actually take on water and nutrients through its roots and sunlight will burst upon it and that little seed will grow flesh and it will ripen into fruit that we can eat. I mean, fruit is a miracle from the mind of God and fruit is good. Now, fruit is good to eat. It's good to taste. It's good for our body. It's actually good for our soul. You know, fruit is good unless it's out of season or gone rotten. You know, I worked with a plumber that would always at the end of lunch pull out a banana from the bottom of his esky that looked like this. It was black on the outside and it was translucent on the inside. And he would kind of eat it as his dessert at lunchtime. And let me tell you, it was not good. Rotten fruit was not good for his body. There was a unique and identifiable smell that was not good and very, very bad that emanated from his body in the hours that followed. You know, bad fruit is not good. You know, in this season that we're walking through right now, we will produce fruit in our lives. The question is, will you produce good fruit, like a miracle from God by the power of his Holy Spirit? And and good fruit, the Bible says, is, you know, love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Seeing more and more of that at work produced in our lives by the power of the Spirit. And bad fruit. Bad fruit is actually, you know, when our faith gets stale and moldy, you know, when our heart gets rotten and the bad fruit that gets produced is is a bitterness and envy and jealousy and discord and rage and anger and immorality. It's bad fruit. And this season that we're walking through right now, it's a 
It's a difficult season. It's an unwanted season. It's a painful season. And in this season, we will produce fruit in our lives. The big question is, are we going to produce good fruit or bad fruit? You know, many years ago, God's people went through a very difficult season, a very painful season, an unwanted season. They were exiled, you know, from their land. They were unable to worship together. And God had been warning them for hundreds of years that if they did not turn back to God, if they didn't stop worshipping other gods, that his hand would come off them, that they would actually be defeated by their enemies and exiled into a foreign land. But they didn't listen. And finally, in 590 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar came from Babylon and he carried off all the treasure from Jerusalem and he carried off their kings and their princes and their traders and left behind a group of people in a ruined city. And so both groups of people, both groups of people were in a difficult season, a painful season, an unwanted season. One of them was held in captivity in a place they didn't want to be. And the other was left behind in a ruined city. And we see in this story or in this prophecy that Jeremiah brings at this time, the two groups in a difficult season. One produces really good fruit coming out of this season and the other produces really bad fruit coming out of this season. Let's read together the prophecy from Jeremiah in uh, chapter 24. It'll be on the screen, but feel free to look it up in your Bible. It uh, says this, After Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials, the skilled workers and the artisans, the tradies of Judah, were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. The Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs like those that ripen early. The other basket had very bad figs, so bad they could not be eaten. Then the Lord asked me, what do you see, Jeremiah? Figs, I answered. The good ones are very good, but the bad ones are so bad they cannot be eaten. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them for their good and I'll bring them back to this land. I'll build them up and not tear them down. I'll plant them and not uproot them. I'll give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I'll be their God for they'll return to me with all their heart. But like the bad figs, which are so bad they cannot be eaten, says the Lord, so will I deal with Zedekiah, king of Judah, his officials and the survivors from Jerusalem, whether they remain in this land or live in Egypt. I'll make them abhorrent and an offence to all the kingdoms of the earth, a reproach and a byword, a curse and an object of ridicule wherever I banish them. I'll send the sword, famine and plague against them until they are destroyed from the land I gave to them and their ancestors. God gives Jeremiah a vision of two baskets of fruit left at the temple as an offering to God. And through scripture, we see that there are generally two types of offerings that people bring to God. There are good offerings that are acceptable to God because people give their best and their first. And there are unacceptable offerings that people bring to God because people don't give their best and their first, but they actually bring the very least 
and their leftovers. And this is what Jeremiah sees in this vision. Good, acceptable figs and very bad, unacceptable figs. And figs had three seasons of harvest in Jerusalem and the first was the best. And the last was the worst and almost inedible. Just a little bit, of, little tip. No matter how good the figs are that you have, never ever eat a whole ring of dried figs in one go. It won't end well. It will be very bad. There, you may end up locked in a cubicle in a public restaurant for over an hour while you deal with that whole <laughs> ring of dried figs while your new girlfriend waits in the car out the front of the restaurant. Doesn't matter how good the figs are, don't eat a whole packet at once. But you see the good figs in this vision are very, very good. And the bad figs are very, very bad. They can't be eaten. And God explains to Jeremiah what the vision means. He's saying those that were taken off into captivity in Babylon have actually become acceptable to God. They've actually become an acceptable offering to him. They're like the good figs. And those who were left behind were left in Jerusalem in a ruined city going through their own difficult season have actually become unacceptable to God. Like bad figs. Both groups in a tough season. Both groups going through a difficult time. But one group returned to God with all of their heart and God produced good fruit in their lives. The other group actually became smug and secure. They became self-serving and self-sufficient and selfish. And their lives became unacceptable to God. They did not put God first or give him their best and they became unacceptable offerings to God. You know, God allows us to go through hard seasons, to go through painful seasons, difficult seasons, like we're going through right now. But he's so good that if you trust him, if you put your faith in him, if you are faithful to him, he produces good fruit in hard times. Have a listen to what Hebrews 12 says. It says, All discipline seems painful at the time, not joyful. But later it produces the fruit of peace and righteousness for those trained by it. This is what I really want you to remember today. I want you to remember today. When you are faithful to God in the hard times, you will bear good fruit. In his time, when you are faithful to God in the hard times, you will be fruitful in his time. You know, whatever season where you walk through, you can trust that God is always good. Even if the, the circumstances are hard, even if you're going through a really difficult season, God is always good and he's always faithful. And there's four great promises that God makes in this passage that are true for us today. Firstly, God watches over you for your good. I love these promises in verse 6 and 7. He says, my wise will watch over them for their good. 
You see, their hard season that they're in was a direct result of their disobedience, their unfaithfulness to God. But God was still faithful to them. God promised to watch over them for good. He never took his eyes off them. He, he never forgot about them. Just like a good dad watching, you know, his kids cross the road or watching his kids swimming in a pool or, or as his daughters grow up, you know, watching, you know, the boys that begin to hover around and, and, and keep their eyes on his daughter. You know, he keeps his eyes watching over us for our good. God is faithful to you. He's watching over you for your good. He sees you. As you walk through this painful time, he's not forgotten about you. You see, many people think that God is watching over them to catch them doing something wrong to punish them. But that's not the promise that God makes to these unfaithful people that he loves. He says, as you're going through this difficult time, I'm going to watch over you for your good. I love the way that Jesus did this when he walked on the earth. You know, people, you know, in difficult seasons, people that everybody else looked at and saw the worst in, Jesus actually saw something good in them and he drew it out of them. You know, everyone in the crowd saw Zacchaeus as a cheat. He was unfaithful to God. He was unfaithful to his people because he was a tax collector. But he was desperate to see Jesus. And so he climbed up the tree. And even though everybody else in the crowd saw Zacchaeus, you know, saw the worst of him, Jesus actually saw something good in him. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to have lunch at your place today. And while, you know, Zacchaeus and Jesus are eating their zucchini sandwiches, Jesus does something good in his heart. There's good fruit that comes out of Zacchaeus's heart because he, he comes out and he says, I'll give half of everything I've got to the poor and I'll return everything I've stolen from people four times over. It's good fruit. He actually becomes generous because Jesus sees him and he sees the good in him. He watches over him for his good. Everybody saw Zacchaeus in a crowd because they hated him, but nobody in the crowd saw a desperately sick woman as she reached out and touched Jesus' cloak. I love this about Jesus. Jesus saw her. Jesus noticed her. He watched over. He saw the painful time that she was walking through. A really difficult season for years. And he healed her. And more than that, he made sure everybody in that community knew that she was healed so that she could be reinstated to community. He was watching over her for good and God is watching over you for your good. He's got something good that he wants to draw out of you in this season. He's got good fruit that he wants to bring out of your life in this season. My question for you is, are, are you desperate to see him like Zacchaeus was? You know, are, are you desperate to reach out and touch him? You know, like the woman in the crowd was. Are you desperate for that good thing that God has got for you in this season because he's watching over you for your good and he's building you up so that you can do good 
The next bit of the verse says this. It says, I'll bring them back to their land and I'll build them up and not tear them down. Once again, God was faithful to his promise. He did bring them back to their land and he built them up to do good. He helped them to build up the walls of the city. He helped them to build the temple. He helped them to build their lives again on the word of God. They became a strong city and they became strong spiritually. He built them up and did not tear them down. And he does that for us today, even when we are unfaithful. He doesn't use his words to tear us down. He actually uses his words to build us up, to do good. He builds us up to do something better with our lives than the drudgery that we've been playing around with. I love the conversation that Jesus has with Simon. And Simon is a guy who's prone to messing things up. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says to Simon, you know, who do you say that I am? And when Simon says, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, this is what Jesus says to him. He says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you, Simon, you are Peter, which means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You see, Jesus builds him up. He's actually giving his mate a nickname. Peter's like a nickname for Simon. I mean, if, it was, if he was Australian, he might call him, you know, uh, Big Sim or Simo or because Simon does some silly things, he might call him Dim Sim. But, but, but Jesus says, Simon, your nickname is Peter, the rock. And on you, on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to come. It. Simon, ordinary person, messes up like you and me. What does Jesus do? He builds him up to do good. And Jesus is still building up ordinary people like you and me to build his church. He's never stopped. Jesus has been building his church for the last 2,000 years. Jesus has built his church through pandemics and plagues. He's built his church through dark ages and depressions. He's built his church through world wars and worship wars. Jesus has built his church in the midst of cultural revolutions and in spite of crazy institutions. Kings have come and gone. Regimes have risen and governments have crumbled. But Jesus is still on his throne and he is still building his church and he's using order people like you and me. He builds us up to build his church. I tell you, just in the last 90 years, Jesus has been building his church at Gateway Baptist Church. You know, he built his church through the Great Depression of the 20s, through the world wars of the 30s and the 40s, through the, through the sexual revolution of the 60s and the 70s. You know, he built his church even, you know, through the music of the 80s and some of the family dramas that we went through in the 90s. You know, in the noughties, he still built his church through the GFC. And in 2020, he is still building his church as the whole world walks through, you know, the, the painful season of COVID-19. I tell you, Jesus is still building his church. The gates of hell 
and no pandemic and plague will ever be able to take it down. And he's building you up to do good. He says, you're a light of the world. You're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Your good works will actually shine a light on my Father in heaven so people will see what he's like. He's building you up. What is the word that God's got for you in this season? How is he building you up to do good in this season? I, I want to promise you that his word for you right now, all different circumstances I know, but his word for you right now is not to tear you down, but it's to build you up. It's not to push you away and keep you at a distance, but it's to draw you close because that is what God is like. Can I encourage you in this season? Sit with him and let his word sit in your heart. You know, some of the words that God's just been given me to build me up in this season. I just believe he's saying, I'm releasing you into a new peace and a new power of my spirit in this season. It's a good word. I don't feel chastised by it. I, I feel like he's building me up for something better into the future. I, I believe one of the words for our churches is he's calling us to be a, a house of prayer for all nations. I don't feel chastised because I might have done some things wrong in the past. He's building me up. He's getting me excited about the future that he's got for us. I'm telling you, he's got a word to build you up in this season. Sit with him and let it sit in your heart. He watches over you for your good and he builds you up to do good. Thirdly, God plants us in good places to produce good fruit. He says in verse 6, I'll plant them and not uproot them. And once again, Surprise, surprise, God was faithful. He brought them back to their land. He planted them in a good place, in a fertile land to grow crops and to feed their families. And no longer were they under threat of being you know, uprooted by their enemies and taken again into exile. He planted them in a good place to grow. I've got to be honest, I'm not good at growing fruit. Several years ago, I uh, bought a dwarf lemon tree. And to be fair, it's struggling. I'm pretty confident it is a dwarf, but I'm not confident that it's actually a lemon tree because it has bore no fruit. And Susan, my faithful wife, is faithful to this lemon tree. She patiently goes out and she gets the, the fungus and the mold off it. She sprays it with stuff. She weeds it. She waters it. You know, she tries to, to give it some life. But after three years, it's still a dwarf and it's bore no fruit. And I finally had to confess to the reason why just a little while ago. It's because I was too cheap to buy proper potting mix to plant it in. And so I bought a $2 bag of potting mix from the cheap shop. I wanted to grow good fruit in bad soil. And apparently it doesn't work. And it's the same for all of us. You actually want good fruit in your life? You've got to be planted in a good place. 
You've got to be planted in good soil. And maybe some of you right now, you actually feel a little bit like this tree, a little bit withered, a little bit like some of the life has been sucked out of you. It doesn't feel like you're producing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And you're wondering why. I just believe God is reminding some of us that we need to plant ourselves in a good place, put ourselves in good soil to produce good fruit. I want to encourage you, plant yourself in the church every week. Whether you're going to continue to join us for online church like this, plant yourself in this online church every week. Plant yourself in the Word of God every day. It's the only way you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. You'll be able to know what that Word is that He's giving you to build you up because it will always come out you know, of His Word, of the truth of His Word. Plant yourself in church every week. Plant yourself in the Word of God every day and you will begin to grow. You'll grow good fruit because God is faithful. And when you are faithful to God in hard times, even in times when you don't feel like it, you will be fruitful in his time. There'll be a fruitfulness that comes. And fruitfulness is important to Jesus. In Matthew 21, Jesus sees a fig tree, a little bit like my dwarf lemon tree, had a few leaves on it, kind of appeared like it could be fruitful but it was actually fruitless. It bore no fruit. And Jesus cursed that withered, that fig tree and it withered. Because when a fruit tree bears no fruit, it's lost its purpose. And when a Christian, when a follower of Jesus actually bears no fruit, we've lost our purpose. You see, we're actually supposed to look different to the world around us. We're supposed to be a light to the world. We're supposed to be more loving and more joyful and more peaceful and more patient, more kind, more, more gentle, more gooder and more self-controlled. We're supposed to bear good fruit. Fruitfulness is really important to Jesus. Plant yourself. Plant yourself in church every week. Plant yourself in the Word of God every day. Plant yourself in a good place. Get yourself into a life group. Get some people around you. Get some good soil that you plant yourself in and you'll grow in your faith. Lastly, God renews your heart for good, for eternity. He renews your heart. For all of eternity, it says in verse 7, I'm going to give them a heart to know me, that I'm the Lord. They'll be my people and I'll be their God, for they'll return to me with all their heart. And once again, God was faithful. Not only did he help them rebuild the walls and the temple and restore the city to its former glory, but he renewed their heart. He didn't just renew a city. He renewed their heart. He refreshed their soul. He gave them a renewed desire to know him, to have a deeper relationship with him. The people repented of their sin and they returned to God with all of their heart. You know, many of us avoid repentance like a bad smell. 
We kind of just keep our distance. Repentance is a gift from God. God's saying, I've got something better for you. Would you turn to me? Would you return to me? Because I've got something better to give you. You see, repentance leads to renewal of our heart and a refreshing of our soul. And the good news is, it's a promise that's for everyone and it's a promise that's for all of eternity. It was even for the people who crucified Jesus. Peter is is sharing the gospel with them. The, The people that have actually put Jesus to death on a cross, the Son of God to death on a cross. And he says to them, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I reckon a bunch of us right now, we need God to renew our heart and refresh us by his Spirit. I believe many of us right now, our heart is just ready to be renewed. God is just calling us to return to Him with all of our heart. And God will. He'll be faithful. God will renew your heart. He will refresh your soul, not temporarily, but but He'll keep doing it forever, for good. Every day as you come to Him, He wants to renew you and to refresh you. God gives Jeremiah a vision of two groups of people. They're both going through a difficult season. One group returned to God with all of their heart and they produced really good fruit. It was an acceptable offering to God. The other group ran from God and they became self-serving and self-sufficient and just plain selfish. They were like bad fruit. They were unacceptable to God the problem is we're all somewhat in this second group we've all sinned and and sin you know makes us rotten on the inside Our, our sin actually makes us an unacceptable offering to God we're unacceptable to come into the presence of God but thankfully these promises are true Our God is good and He is faithful and He's made a way for all people to actually be reconciled in our relationship with God, to have our heart renewed, to actually be restored to God and be refreshed every day in His presence by His Holy Spirit. You see, He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We might be right before God, reconciled to God with a renewed heart, a new desire to know Him. You see, the difference between the good and and, and the, the acceptable to God and the bad and the unacceptable to God was not about how good their life was. It wasn't about how good their circumstances were. It wasn't about how good they were and how many mistakes they'd made in the past. They were both going through a hard time. They were both going through a painful season. They'd both been unfaithful to God in the past and made big mistakes in the past. But one group returned to God with all of their heart. And they became acceptable to God through their repentance and their faith in God and the other group actually ran from God and they became 
unacceptable to God and banished from his presence forever. You see, we've all got a choice to make. Do we want to produce good fruit in this season or bad fruit in this season? And it comes down to where we're going to place our faith and trust. Will we have faith in the goodness and the faithfulness of God in a difficult season? Let me just read a quote from a theologian named Warren Wearsby. He says, In times of national catastrophe, no matter how discouraging the circumstances may be, God doesn't desert his faithful remnant. Rebels are scattered and destroyed, but true believers find God faithful to meet their needs and accomplish His great plans. The people who returned to the land after the captivity were by no means perfect, but they had learnt to trust the true and living God and not worship idols. If the captivity did nothing else, it purged the Jewish people of idolatry. And I believe that is what God is doing through our time of national and global catastrophe. He's calling us to return to him with all of our heart, to put our faith in him, in his goodness and his faithfulness in this season. And he will produce good fruit in this season because he's faithful in every season. We have a God who watches over us for good. He builds us up to do good. He plants us in good places to produce good fruit. And he renews our heart for good for all eternity through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. You will produce fruit in this season. You will. There'll be an outcome from this season we're walking through. The question is, will you produce good fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Or will you produce bad fruit? Will your relationship with God get mouldy, your faith get stale and your heart get bitter? Can I encourage you today? Put your faith in God in this hard season. Let him build you up to do good. Let him speak his good word into your heart. Plant yourself in good soil to produce good fruit. Let him renew and refresh your heart every day because when you are faithful to God in hard times, he will make you fruitful in his time. Maybe you're listening today and you're saying, I know right now my life is unacceptable to God. You're carrying around some some rottenness in your heart. And today you're saying, God, I want you to deal with that sin. I actually want you to forgive my sin, renew my heart, refresh my soul, reconcile my relationship with the Father. I'd love to lead you in a prayer right now if that's you. If you'd like to put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you'd like to repent from your sin, turn from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross to actually take your sin upon himself and give you his righteousness. The fruit of righteousness and peace can be yours through faith in Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make that decision today, I'd love to pray with you right now. And I encourage 
encourage you as you pray with me, just push that button on the screen and say, that's the decision I'm making. Because what we'd like to do is once you prayed that prayer, we'd like to help to plant you in a good place so God can produce good fruit in your life. Just pray with me right now if that's your prayer today. Father God, I thank you that you've always loved me. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. I ask today that you would forgive my sin. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place so that I could become righteous and acceptable in your sight. I put my faith in Jesus today. I pray that you would produce good fruit in my life. I choose to follow Jesus from this day forward. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're in the chat, why don't you just encourage everybody who's just prayed that prayer. And I just encourage you, if you did pray that prayer, just push that button. We'd love to connect you, connect you into our church, help you get planted in good soil so you can keep growing in your relationship with God and produce good fruit in your life. Maybe you're here today and you prayed that prayer a long time ago or you've been following Jesus for a long time. But right now, you'd say, there's just some fruit I want God to produce in my life. You've seen some things that have just gotten stale or mouldy. You've seen you know, some of the, the, the painful time that you've been walking through. You've actually begun to question, is God good? Is He faithful? And today you just say, God, I want you to produce good fruit in my life. I want to know more of your love, more of your joy, more of your peace, whatever it is. Just, just maybe you've got a prayer in your heart for a part of the fruit of the Spirit to be more evident in your life. Just, just reach out your hands. Say, God, you're faithful. Would you make me fruitful? I want to pray for our church right now. God, I just thank you. I thank you that you watch over us for our good. I thank you that you've got a good word to build us all up today. And I pray wherever we're scattered as a church right now, joining together online, God, would you produce your fruit in our lives as we listen to you, as we sit with you, as we plant ourselves in your word. God, would you make us more loving? more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, more gentle, kinder, more self-controlled, God. God, would you remind us afresh today of your goodness and your faithfulness, that we would trust you today, this week, and in this season, and that we would see a fruitfulness come. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.